Chuba Hubbard did that quite a bit last year. Nation's leading rusher for uh, for Oklahoma State and back this season. Highlight cut courtesy of the Cowboys Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Authored by the voice of the Cowboys, Dave Hunziker, who joins us this morning. And Dave, great to have you on. How you doing on this Friday morning? Yeah, everything's pretty good as far as we can tell. I mean, you know, just kind of like everybody else, so. So far, so good. Two weeks until kickoff, 15 days, actually. Uh, we've got high school football that started here uh, last night, really, and a good number of games tonight. Uh, I'm curious, do you guys have high school football playing yet? There are scrimmages. Okay. But the full kickoff will be next week. Gotcha. So, and I'm trying to remember if there are any that are actually playing this weekend. There may be a few, but I think that most of it will be next weekend, as if I remember correctly. So. But there have been some scrimmages. There was a scrimmage. I know Stillwater High School scrimmage last night. So, the, yeah, it's, it's starting to creep back into play, but it's been a little tricky this week in Stillwater because they went to online classes for oh. this week, huh. and they'll be reviewing it because we had a little spike in some cases. So we'll uh, hope that that settles and the cases settle down and they can get everybody back into class. But uh, so that threw a little bit of wrench and things, but we're, we're kind of getting used to wrenches thrown at things. We just have to adjust. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Flexibility is the key. So uh, we're all getting yeah. used to that. What, how do you feel about uh, kind of been some starts and stops uh, with Oklahoma State football also uh, 15 days away from kickoff? Uh, how do you feel about what they have gotten accomplished so far? You know, it helps when you have 18 starters back. I think that's an advantage because everybody kind of knows what they're doing. At least you would hope they'd know what they're doing by now, and they do. That makes a big difference. You don't have a lot of guys auditioning for starting positions. There aren't starting positions to be auditioned for. So I think that's a positive. I think they're I think they're pretty far along. That you know, once they got into camp, John, they've been pretty seamless as far as you know, not having to start and stop. Now, there were some issues, obviously, earlier this summer, and, and they've had their share of positive tests, and that's that's true for a lot of schools. But once camp officially started, they've, they've been able to sort of roll through pretty well. Uh, and so I think they're in pretty good shape. It is unpredictable in this situation. You never know how things can change. You know, you get a positive test for the wrong player, and it can really throw a wrench in things. And So we all sort of live in that anxious world. Of course, a positive test for someone who's – health is vulnerable is a lot worse outcome than missing a football game yeah so yeah we're just you just kind of live in that you know you, you can't think about it too much it would drive you crazy if you were coaching thinking oh what if this guy tests positive and you know he's out for three weeks or four weeks you just sometimes these guys take a while to recover to their baselines as far as their heart and lung performance but you just have to roll with it and and you know again just you have to adjust but so far so far it's been fine but you, you know we i think we all that are playing live in that world of hey uh just be prepared and have a plan for about anything yeah that's true a lot of a lot of scenarios different scenarios is mike gundy uh, has he or is he doing anything that's maybe different than than the other protocols you know that most schools are going through you know not really uh, they you know their camp has probably been pretty similar to anyone else's uh there've been maybe a few little adjustments here and there uh but I would say nothing that is all that extraordinary. No, nothing nothing really extraordinary from, from, from what I can see. I got you. Dave Hunziker, our guest, voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. We were able to catch glimpses last season of how good Spencer Sanders could be, but he struggled with ball security. How, is that, how has he developed that and addressed that over the offseason? 
Well, that's all about confidence, in my opinion, and confidence in understanding what he sees defensively. As we hold on to the ball too long, it's usually because you won't pull the trigger because you don't trust what you see. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's the biggest thing for him is just a confidence and an overall continuing to grow in his knowledge of defenses and understanding what he's seeing and where the ball needs to go. And that's one of the huge keys to Oklahoma State's season. If that improvement does not occur – Oklahoma State will not be the type of team that a lot of people think they will be. So that's imperative. You, you know, last year when he was quarterbacking, they pretty much <clears throat> lived in a world where it was a single side of the field passing game. I mean, if you notice the the ex receiver opposite Tylen Wallace, he didn't get hardly any balls, mm-hmm. and there was a reason for that because they had to pull things back to help Spencer as a redshirt freshman quarterback. And you would expect that from a redshirt freshman that hasn't played, but. You know, his growth in that area, which right now appears to be pretty good, is critical. But you don't really know about that until you get into games. I mean, and, and until the, as Coach Gundy says, until the, until the bullets start flying around and you really get into battle, you don't really know how that quarterback is going to manage everything. So I think he's made progress, but I think it's progress that has to be made uh, if Oklahoma State's going to maximize his potential. So there's, you know, I'm putting a lot on Spencer Sanders' shoulders, but that's true of any quarterback. It's A lot of it rides on him, but I, I think he'll be noticeably improved in that area this year. How have things been between Coach Gundy and the players since the incident between him and Chuba Hubbard? Seems to be fine. There haven't been any flare-ups. I think it's brought the coaching staff and the players closer together. I think those relationships are stronger than what, They've been, not that they were poor, but I think they're stronger. I think there's more communication, which is good. You know, so many times out of something bad, something good happens. And I like to think that's what's occurred here. I, I think there's been an improvement in communication. I think there have been improved relationships. And so as you know, as unsettling and as that time was and a difficult time for all involved. Uh, whether it was the players or the coaches, I, I, I think something good's come out of it. Dave, uh, you mentioned 18 starters back. A lot of uh, excitement about the possibilities for Oklahoma State football this fall. Uh, Tylen Wallace is part of that. Uh, how is he health-wise, or what have you seen from him health-wise? So far, so good. He hasn't done much. I mean, you know, the thing is with your more experienced players that get such a high volume of workload in today's world, especially with offenses as they are, uh, you know, that are fairly simplistic, you know, those guys get held out quite a bit. So he hasn't done a whole lot, which is no surprise. And you shouldn't read anything into that to mean that, you know, he hasn't recovered well from his knee surgery because I think that he has. So, so far, so good. But again, you know, a lot of your headline guys, even guys that weren't hurt, they don't get a lot of reps. Uh, you know, they, they get enough to just keep things fresh and, you know, you got to keep them ready for the season and, and try to hold on to them and, uh, as long as you can, and, you know, you, I guess the it's, the thought is, and there's probably some truth to it, there's only so many reps in a kid's body, a young man's body during a season before then the, the injuries start to become an issue, and so you have to kind of manage that. A lot of the focus seems to be going on the offense, but the defense returns a lot of key players as well. What are the expectations for Trace Ford this year? Well, Trace Ford was a guy that really burst onto the scene at the – you know, the second half of last season and played very, very well. He played extensively and started as a true freshman. He added about 20 pounds, then he got the darn COVID, and he lost about 16 of those pounds. Oh, so he's trying to get his weight back. But 
he has a chance to be a really, really good football player. He has an explosivity at defensive end, which you're looking for in a pass rusher. He seems to have a pretty good savvy for how to play. I think he could have a really good season. And he seems to be doing pretty well. But, uh, you know, as he talked about the other day, COVID got him. He said, boy, it sucked the energy out of me and took off a lot of the darn weight he'd gained. So he's working to get that weight back. And I, I think his his health situation here in the last two to three weeks, from what I can gauge, is has just continued to improve. So hopefully here in two weeks, by the time we get to Tulsa, uh, you know, he'll be more than ready to go. I, I wouldn't think anything else. But I, I think he's poised to have a pretty darn good year. You mentioned Tulsa, your opener on September 12th. That's a tough opener. Uh, and then what about the rest of your schedule as things got shuffled a little bit? H- how do you feel like things fell in place there? You know, I, I think it, it fell in place reasonably well. I think as far as, you know, I think there are certain teams that timing of when you play them might matter. Sure. And I think West Virginia on the front end is a benefit. I think they will be a lot better in late October, early November than they are at the end of September, what they'll be like in late November pertains to depth and injuries. And so you don't want to catch those teams at their crescendo. And for them, that could be late October, early November. And historically we have fared a lot better against TCU late in the year versus early in the year. So I think catching them later down the line, as opposed to earlier, as far as the reshuffle is concerned is probably a really good thing. So those were a couple of things that, that jumped out at me as far as what the schedule, uh, how it changed and the reshuffle that occurred. And But you never know. I mean, this season, John, you know, it's going to be so unique. Uh, you know, good heavens, you, you don't know from week to week what issues you may be dealing with. That's the way it is so often in college football in normal circumstances when you get into early November and you start to see the injuries come up and you start to see the star players maybe that are lost for the season or for several games due to injury. Now you've got the, the, the factor of the, of the virus that could come into play and could take players off of your roster for a game or two or three or more. And, and so it's going to be unique and it, you, you'll, you'll have some, you'll have some weird results. You'll have some upsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is probably not a year if I, I, I don't really think betting on college sports is a good idea. I'm not <laughs> right. be judgmental, but if I were a, better i think i'd take the year off yeah i think the results are going to be highly unpredictable so this might be a year to you know maybe have an ant race in your backyard and bet on the end <laughs> that's very good that's good advice there you guys come to waco uh game with baylor is uh, october 17th we're putting up the plexiglass now so we'll be ready for you but uh it's gonna it's gonna look different isn't it i mean the way our booths look the way we travel uh, the way we interact uh you know to me the interaction with the the players and the coaches i love that and it's been almost non-existent you know except through zoom for me uh so that's that's one aspect of of what's going to be a really different fall yeah you know and it's you know for me i'm trying to stay in a bubble uh and coach gundy's been awesome he's put all the practices up on video for me when they go to the stadium i can go up into the broadcast booth away from everybody and watch and so it's kind of i've committed to do it this way so i need to stick to it as hard as it is the other day, John, I was out playing golf. That's one thing you can do to socially distance, especially where I hit the ball. I can easily socially distance. <laughs> I hear that. Nobody hits it over there. But uh, I ran in three of our old baseball players. Oh, really? That if you're Baylor fans, you remember Colin Simpson, oh, yeah. Jensen Elliott, and Carson Teal were on the putting green. And wow. just to visit with those guys for 10 minutes, John, 
I felt like I don't think six hours of therapy could yeah. have done me yeah. more yeah, good yeah. than that. It was just nice to talk ball and about Jensen's arm slot and his four-seamer he's developed. Yeah. And just to be back in that mode for 10 minutes was just so refreshing and exhilarating. It's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I know that I miss this, but, boy, that you, you realize you miss it, but I was just so grateful for the conversation. It right. wasn't a sad moment in that I missed it. I was just grateful that I ran into those guys and got to do it because it just, you know, helps you perk along for several days that you kind of had that little fulfillment. That's really cool. Uh, across sports, we're seeing, you know, social distance stances take place. Baylor was a team yesterday who marched. Uh, is there any rumblings out of Oklahoma State that we could see something like that from Cal- the Cowboys? I have not heard of that, but but honestly, that would probably be something that I wouldn't hear of. That would be amongst the players and within the football structure, so to speak. So I have not heard of anything, but honestly, I don't think I would hear of anything. But then that's the way it should be. That's that's their family business, and 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 while we're close to it, we're you know we're not immediate family, so to speak. I got you. That's great. Well, uh, great to visit with you. Uh, We'll talk again in about an hour. How about that? And uh, look forward to seeing you soon, and y'all stay safe. Yeah, same to everybody down there. And, you know, just all we can do is support each other, John. I don't know if there are any answers to all these problems, but I think about all you can do is be empathetic for your fellow man and whatever problem they have, see if you can offer a way to help them. And then know that uh, every day off the calendar – there's no time machine, so we got to be a day closer to this darn thing being over. Yeah, that's good. Dave, thanks. Appreciate it. You bet, J-Mo. Take right. care, my friend. All right, see you. Great uh, Dave Hunziker, the voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys.